This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Live and in color on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now. You're downloading, it's iTunes, Spotify, and of course, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sisboombad, Sammy McKee, along for the next two hours, Leafs in Colorado last night, March Madness today. I think there was an upset, Virginia going down to Furman. Now you can hold a gun to my head and say, tell me where Furman is right now. And I'm like, nah, pull the trigger. <laughs> you uh, could ask me a lot of questions about Furman and I'm taking the bullet on that one. I... Okay, like I, I am a sports guy. Like I'm not just a hockey guy. I watch all the major sports league, college basketball. I don't got a chance. There's too many teams. Too too much going on. Um, Sammy, where's Furman? I'm just googling. I don't know. Uh, it's Furman. You know they play in the Southern Conference. Of course, um, Southern one. Their team is called the Paladines. So the Paladines, South Carolina, Greenville, baby. All right, there you go. What was it? What was your Furman answer off air? <laughs> it wasn't in the OJ trial. <laughs> that's the last only thing I know about that word. So I so they might have cheated then. <laughs> Very possibly, yes. Um, he was the officer. So I play in my normal Thursday morning skate every day. You played hockey today? Yeah, I do. I play every Thursday morning. Shoot any in the net? No, I suck so bad, man. Holy. But so it was March break, right? And... So there's a lot of guys who are missing. A lot of people were on vacations or whatever. Yeah. So the guy who organized the skate, Greg, he brought out some of the kids from his team that he coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're like 16 years old. And they're, I mean, they're good players or whatever. But they're it, all like Kerfoot. No, they're good. They're just good like players. Water bugs out there. No, they're, no, they're just, just slow down. No, they're like they weren't flying no, around. I'm, I'm complimenting no, no, Kerfoot yeah. here. They just had like you know they had good respect. They played the game the way you'd want a 16 year old to play at like a old guy skate. Yeah, but it just I was feeling old, boys, and I know that you don't want to hear me say that. I don't know, but like it felt like literally just yesterday I was playing with my dad's buds when 100%. i was the kid and it's just like oh my god isn't how it, am i the old guy now isn't it crazy though being on this side of it now how much you feel like as a 16 year old you felt really tough you feel like you could grab pretty much any one of them yeah <laughs> you know? like, oh yeah it's definitely <laughs> but yeah they're one of the guys uh dads plays with us every thursday great kids they're passing around they weren't hogging the pocket it was That's good great. it was really good yeah. so it's just, i just i had my age yeah i know that's what <laughs> i mean I, 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 I'm not trying to make myself feel old because no. I'm not that old, but it, it did, God. I, I tell you, I, I drove my kids. We went to Great Wolf Lodge a couple weekends ago, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat being like, how am I the one in this seat? <laughs> you know, like, I've been in that seat. Yeah, I, don't I was just there. <laughs> Anyways, I Ford suck so bad. Stelic will join us in about 40 minutes and a new guest in the second hour. Has he been on Sid Sportsnet before? Cicero. Oh. Guys, remember... Sid, before he became a breakfast television star I do. on Sportsnet. He had some success in this business. Tim and Friends, Tim remember? Was, he used to be called Tim and Sid. And now he is Mr. Coffee. He's worldly. He is worldly. He's uh, got a global view of We're things bringing more important him back. than sports. I love it. We're bringing Come him back. Come back to the dregs. Let's talk sports. So the host of Breakfast Television will join us at 4.15... 
We've got a great show for you today. As far as the Toronto Maple Leafs, they drop a tight one to the Colorado Avalanche in a shootout. Last thing I said to you guys ending yesterday's show is that... Ton of goals. Ton of goals. <laughs> Anything but. Yeah. So, good goaltending, a, a tight hockey game, which I think, again, can benefit the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know they weren't on the right side of the uh, uh, the shootout, but a lot of signs still pointing to playoff type of hockey last night. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Because... You know, there's still a part of me that is a little concerned about the offense that since they've made all these trades, they are generating considerably less, I think, offensively. But they do look much more like you would expect a team that wins in the playoffs to look. They check. They're on the right side of guys. They're, you know, they're physically involved. It's a, you know, the Colorado played a really good game last night and the Leafs hung in there pretty well. Um, You know, if they win in the shootout, we're probably talking more glowingly about it. I thought a pretty decent game. Sammy? Uh, loved Samsonov last night. Got to be maybe his best of the year. I he it's in the conversation. I just thought good Samsonov is so tantalizing, where he looks big, he's solid, he's not overcommitting, he's like he's just big and solid in the How net. About that one, he came out to like the bottom of the circles to take away an yeah, attempt in the it slot. It was Nikushkin. He blow. He went try to go low blocker, and there was just no Nikushkin room. Could have won the game like five times. Yeah, he yesterday got, he was. He just wasn't sharp, uh, just couldn't finish. Finishing, yeah. But give Samsonov some credit here. Yeah. Especially on the shorthanded breakaway, too. That one was a, a game changer. Yeah. So I, how does that affect the greater picture for you? Does it just kind of solidify where you were already? Or Do you want to get into Samsonov right now? Or you want I don't to get we do in? this every show. We're like, should we start with the goalies? Do we want to start okay, with the goalies? Okay, no, let's no, start I'm with fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, let's, okay, let's carry that on. Let's just hear from Sheldon Keefe on Samsonov, and then we'll pick it up from there. Plow ahead. He was locked in. You know, again, I don't think we gave up a ton in terms of, like, high-quality chances. You know, there was a lot of stuff coming from the points in the perimeter. You know, but anything that we did give up on the slot or, or whatever it might have been, uh, he just, he looked, he was, he, was, he was set. He looked really athletic and dynamic, you know, with his, some of the saves he made with his hands. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought he was excellent. You know, in a game in which there wasn't a whole lot, a whole lot of opportunity for the goalie to really shine, I thought, you know, he was still a standout in the game for us. You know, that's got to be more fun for Sheldon than coming out and saying, I know the numbers look bad again, but he was actually good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a number of reasons for me is that he got a chance to kind of reset a little bit again, which I'm not sure speaks to long stretches where he just may need time Yeah. in between games Maybe that's more Matt Murray coming in and alleviating that. But clearly, with Matt Murray coming in in the last few games, uh, he was able to kind of get things restructured, reset uh, with Curtis Sanford. And uh, I think it showed last night. Yeah, you know, so what do you think the right amount of games? As you're talking, I just wanted to look up games played. So his highest games played in a year is 44 um, he's at 33 now, so he's not going to surpass his all-time games played here in a season or anything, but how much is the right amount for this guy? What do we have, 15 games left? Yeah, uh, yeah the Leafs have yeah, I, again, 15. I, I think we are now at the point, and it was only like a few days ago, we're sitting there going, are they grooming Matt Murray to come back in? Mm-hmm. If anything, last night's effort said, 
that's not where this thing's trending. And if if Sheldon wants to come out after this weekend and suggest that it's still open for debate, wouldn't that piss you off a little bit if you're a Leaf fan? I don't know. Yes. I think Sheldon's best bet is to just no, not comment on it. No, I said it. yes. That would piss me off. Yeah. Well, well but... Now, hold on. I mean, if he goes out there and says, oh, Sam's only got 13 games left. and No, but you want him to say right now, barring something changing. I don't even think he has to say it per se. We'll know. I think we'll know yeah. by by the starts and by his post-game comments after. Yeah. Right? Are they Are they trying to get both these guys in a spot where by – Two days out of game one, we're still guessing who who they could start. Oh, I, I hope think, not. I think Sheldon's going to earn his earn his money here down the stretch with the goaltending situation, right? Because if you think from the different perspectives, the Tampa Bay Lightning are three points behind you now. Yeah, this is a real race for home ice advantage, and he has to now. You know, they're talking about how great Matt Murray's been, so that indicates to me that he's going to get some starts down here, and they're trying to get him in shape and trying to get him sharp but you have to be careful mm-hmm. starting the objectively worst goalie in these games down the stretch it could cost you home ice it's like, good point sam yeah you got to be careful uh it's just you know something that we haven't really looked at <laughs> i uh you know there is so much that hinges on the performance of sheldon keith from here on out like i think you can make the case that he's been handed You know, I wrote this in an article that's coming out today. I I did three sentences on every playoff-bound team. You know, my sentences for the Leafs were simply, you know, like a a chef on Chopped, he's kind of been handed all the ingredients. And the clock has started ticking, and he has to figure out the best combination of these ingredients. And, you know, you need to start cooking at some point and make it clear what direction you're going. You have to decide. And so... The Samsonov-Murray one, we're getting close. Like, maybe he can make that decision in a bit. But some of the other stuff with the lines and the D pairs, I don't know how much time we have for tinkering and trying things before needing to go in a different direction. Yeah. I I get somewhat of a sense of urgency to also have Matt Murray ready here. Yeah. And, again, you're right. Home ice advantage. Just think about the psychological effect it could have on this group that they've gone all season long, and then you took your foot off the gas pedal yet again, and you lost something you should have had for 90% of the regular season. And and I know it's regular season records or whatever, and it's it's hard to judge playoffs for regular season in terms of performance, but Tampa is really damn good at home. An yeah. average on the road. They're, 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 a, they're a below 500 team on the road. They're 16, 16, and 1. And at home, they're 24, 6, and wow, 5. Wow, You, that you, is you can't swing. tell me, as, as, as savvy as they are, you can't tell me that Cooper's going to completely take his foot off the gas pedal here and, and not acknowledge that I'd want it. Sammy's right. That's a big swing. 24 and 6 huge. versus 16, I didn't even 16. think it was that big. Yeah. Um. And the Leafs are excellent at home, and I mean they have a just a they've played one last game on the road than than Tampa has, but but they're five hundred on the road too. It's a big swing, and if if Sheldon's leaning towards trying really hard here to get Matt Murray ready, even mm-hmm. if it is in a backup position, like you got to cover your ass here if 
if Sam- if Samsonov does not get off to a great start in the series. Yeah, I agree that the, more than most teams, they feel they need two guys ready, just in case. You know, to say that I think they would they would switch pretty quick. In fact, I think if you got a bad game one from Samsonov, I think you'd see Murray in game two. No, I do. If not, if they're at home. Yes, if they're at home, I, I that's I believe that they think it's that tight for them. That and that I mean, I'd have to. I, I got to watch. Yeah. The the I got to watch game one. Yeah. I, Somebody's got to score from center ice for me to be right. So. He's got to really falter. Yeah. I think to to lose his game two, do you lose in the third period? Are you are you down three Cobb in the first twelve minutes? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it's a different story, but. He's going to have to really poop. And, and would defend how or depend how these next 15 games go. Like, if it's like this the whole way where Samsonov's stellar, you don't want to quit on him after one game. But if Murray's really good and makes it a closer conversation, they may be quicker to go to him at that point. But it is, you know, the worst part, Kipper, if they did drop out of home ice to Tampa, is it's not like Tampa's caught fire. They have three wins in their last 10 yeah, games. I know. You know, so if you they're st- under five hundred or they're right around five hundred for yeah, two months know, or something, um, two months January. And, and so if you punt it away to a team that wasn't even playing well, it, it would not feel very good, I imagine, for Toronto. So yeah, some pressure to kind of keep keep things moving in the right direction. And that's why I'm worried about starting a goalie who has been objectively not good for a long time. Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, for a Kipper's Clipper on the overview of the game, and we'll come out and discuss. You know, both teams played hard. Both teams defended well. You know, not a lot of offense uh, available. You know, they were able to get one on the power play. We weren't able to get one on, on our power plays. You know, that could have made could have made the difference. But all in all, I thought you know, two teams played hard. You know, it was <clears throat> we didn't give up much either. You know, they carried play a little bit more than than we did, especially through the first two periods. Um, we were maybe better in the third, but you know, they they pushed. We didn't crack a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot that we gave up. They didn't give up a whole lot. They checked extremely hard. They show you what a Stanley Cup winning team uh, does in terms of the defending, the checking. I mean, they're well known for the offense that they can that they can generate with their elite players, but they defend extremely hard and make it difficult on you to get to their net. So, you know, that's kind of how the game went. And then it's it's so close right to the end that both teams are – you know, not wanting to make the big mistake. Uh, that's kind of how it ends up getting overtime. I will say it's nice that they didn't make the big mistake. It has felt like in years past they've been more prone to the Galchenyuk turnover, the Dermot turnover, the, you know, just to bring up a couple. Kerfoot turnover. Kerfoot, you know, like it, it, it's felt like they've made the big mistake in past years. So nice that they got a team that doesn't seem to do that as much. A couple of McCabe oh. missed by a millimeter. Oh, yeah. To put the game away. He's got a nice little jump up timing. Two things that kind of stand out for me uh, watching last night is that, as Sheldon alluded to, you're, you're playing against the Stanley Cup champions, a lot of them. Yep. And, man, they didn't give you much room to come out of your own zone. A few icings. I mean, they, they were a little scrambly back there. Yep. So another example of what playoff hockey is going to kind of feel like for them, just in terms of, Trying to remain patient and hopefully, hopefully you get your opportunity to win a hockey game. It never came. But funny. It did, it did have to me a kind of a bit of a lingering of, a feel of a, of a game seven where you're, you're just short mm-hmm. and 
didn't like that you couldn't generate a, a power play goal, which again kind of makes me feel like a little game seven ish. No secondary scoring. Kind of another situation. Mm-hmm. And it would have been nice if they, they found a way to win. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the one thing to their credit that we had talked about earlier in the season is like that staying patient thing is something that they are at their worst when they get away from. Like when they press and they push up and all of a sudden there's a rush going back the other way. So there was a a good amount of patience. I think they had, the Avs had like eight high danger chances or something. It wasn't that high a number all told. But yeah, no, it's finding a way through in the offense. This is the first year of all these Leafs teams where that's going to be a question for me, where you're, you have a little bit more concern about, can they find a way to get the next one? The other thing that didn't really like a lot is the amount of minutes <laughs> Mitch yeah. Marner played. Yeah, Matthews too. Ha- and Matthews. And Ma- Matthews was at 24, 25? No, he's up uh, near 27. 27? Yeah. And Marner just uh, yeah. shy of uh, under 30. And Sammy, we've had this conversation. But that's you, absurd. You you wanna you wanna Wild. put these guys out there that long, and you're you're, you're they're, they're subject to getting hurt. And last night, didn't really like seeing Mitch Marner slide into the boards. Didn't really like him blocking a shot in overtime. Like think about that for a second. Little Green gives up the puck at the blue line, and Marner has to feel like he's got to block a shot in game, what, number 67, and, hey, say say he breaks a finger, breaks a foot. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. You know, but this is part of the whole goofiness around, hey, we've stunk in overtime, so now we're going to try to overthink or playing David Kampf and Lilligren to start OT. Hey, can, we, can we cool that now? Yeah, can we go back to the good players? Yeah. Like, I understand it was unlucky for a while, but it's not practically good in the sport to play your lower yeah. quality players consistently. It, it kinda, Just a thought as a coach. It reminds me of a golfer who, like, got over the yips but is still doing the stupid crosshand chip <laughs> yeah. it's like you can give that up now like your strokes back like you're looking yeah. fine like you know maybe just go back to holding the club regularly yeah maybe you don't need that anymore <laughs> maybe go back to the good way that you but, can do consistently where's the newfound depth you know i get morgan or uh, ryan o'reilly's not there but that hurts i mean come on you really need to push marner 30 minutes last night yeah. well you have 11 forwards yeah, that's part of it too. Is the eleven? Well, they want a double shift, and we saw a lot of that. And we saw sure, Nylander plays with double shifting, and you can get your stars out there more. But still, got fifteen of these to go. Yeah, and it's way too much, way too much ice time. You know the he, he got asked about it twice, two separate questions today about the ice time at morning skate. All right, let's go. Okay, do you want to listen to him? Yeah, yes. yes. All right, let's listen to the first one on the ice time. Uh, not really. I mean, I'm monitoring it throughout the game, and you're just kind of replying to it. The reality is that's just the way the game went. You know, I mean, it's, it was in a lot of ways a best-on-best best type of game last night. You know, I think McKinnon and uh, and Rantanen, you know, they're, they're 25 minutes, and those guys don't kill penalties. So, you know, uh, that's a sense of where it's at. McCarr's at 30 minutes. It's kind of the way the game went uh, yesterday. And also, it wasn't because of the nature of the game. It wasn't wasn't like it was an up and down grinding type of physical game it was a little more methodical and you know teams trying to feel their way to try to get a chance so i thought they could handle the minutes through the game but it is important to give them the recovery time yeah so neither of them are at practice today yeah Matthews that's, or that's the right bubble call. wrap yeah they're yeah. like yeah we saw marner crash into the boards and block a shot i think maybe 
crisis averted thing. Because he got hurt by, wasn't it Muzzin in practice? Yeah. The last time that he was hurt was because of Muzzin in practice. So Hyperbaric chamber time for the boys. You know, the... There are teams who are powered by their elite stars. And, like, if you look at average ice time per game for forwards, like, Marner plays less than McDavid and Dreisaitl, less than Ranton and McKinnon. You know, these guys, their they're, they're ice time. Actually, Matthews is outside the top 25 in time on ice, which is maybe a reflection, not a positive one. But it's these weird bursts, isn't it? Yeah, they, they go from, like, 22 yeah. to 30. 18, you know, all of a sudden it's 28 minutes. And it's, it is, I think that's worse than consistently playing them 23 minutes or 22. Like Marner averages just over 21 something a game. I'd rather see him play 21 a game than 17, 18, 30, 17, 18, 4, you know, 21, or sorry, 31. Like it's, it's not healthy. So do you have one more clip on it? Or? We do. We have another one. It's, he explains himself a little bit more so we can listen to it. It certainly gets to a point where maybe it can be too much, uh, especially when you start to pile on the games that are coming after it. When you're in the moment, you're in the game, whether you're, if it's your player, you want to get on. I mean, Mitch's minutes are climbing real high last night, but every time there's a stoppage in play, I can feel him looking back and, 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 and looking at me like just to let me know that he's ready to go. Uh, and that's that's kind of what you what you get, and that's what you want. You want to uh, like to see all the eyes looking at you like that and, and make the decision who's going to go out. To, so you know, those guys take on a lot whether it's you know special teams five on five overtime shootout you know there's a lot there so that's why you got to be mindful of their recovery time um but certainly they do have the engines and they have the ability to take on those burdens and and uh handle it very well the key is to make sure he's <laughs> doesn't get hurt man yeah like, like it, just life without him would look awfully different for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Again, sets up sets up the Morgan Riley goal. I mean, they lose. They, they, the whole thing is built on their four superstars yeah. playing. They lose Tavares to Montreal, and they're screwed. Yeah. You know, like you can't lose any of them. But Marner, no, obviously. No, no. You can lose Tavares. <laughs> you can. I, I'm, I'm being serious. He's, he wouldn't be half the loss of a Marner. No, that's fair. Yeah. Come on. But it would still be a huge loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yes. he's a point producer. Yeah. I get it. But as, the, as, as far as the engine's concerned, the playmaker, the guy that's putting it constantly on a silver platter for guys, there's only one guy they have that can do that. And when he plays 30 minutes, there's more time to be hurt. I think, I think maybe around 21, 22 would be fine for the rest of the year, if you're asking me. But, but we've talked about this before. Like he said in that clip, I got the best player on my team looking over his shoulder Telling me to put me back on the yeah. ice, and you're trying to win a hockey game against a good team. It's hard to be like, no. Yeah, it's, it's too tempting. It's too tempting. It is. It's too tempting. And same with Matthews, who but, played almost 27. It's like, well, yeah, right. this guy's feeling it finally. He looks yeah. good finally. Over the boards again. You know, the trick for him too is got to play big picture here too, right? Yeah. More experienced coach still. I know he's been around now for a handful of years, but is he still feeling the? The pressure of, like we said earlier, maybe losing home ice advantage. Well, is that, sure. Is that, is that up against Sheldon right now? You know, I think that's when you're in the moment, like Sheldon's talking about, you know, I don't think there's many shifts where you go, all right, I can't give him this one because of playoffs. Or, you know, I, I can't, you know, or I need to get him over the boards because of home ice advantage. Like, I think to Sheldon's point, he gets consumed with trying to win the game he's in. 
And how many minutes do you think Braden Point plays tonight? Oh, my guess, since we're talking about it's lower, 20? 20. 20? Uh, 1939 for now. Yeah. Yeah. God, he's got it. Look around Matthews. Matthews goals. plays 20 minutes and 8 seconds a game. Yeah, the guys one, around him are like... One minute, like five seconds less per game than Kucherov. And Tavares yeah. is what, 18, 17? Yeah, I'm, 17 I don't have that in front of me at the totally very second. Yeah. But, yeah, because he has games where he plays 15, yeah. you yeah. know, sometimes. Um, They're a little more careful with him. Today's Thursday... Wrote for the Toronto Star today on Morgan Riley. I know we've had this conversation, but I just stressed uh, in my article that you can find on my uh, my Twitter, Real Kipper, is the sense of urgency for this guy to find his game again and be that number one guy yep. that they envisioned when they signed him to uh, a $60 million contract. Got more of a feel of that. Is this... Now the start of Morgan looking like Morgan. I sure hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like that very much. But it is funny watching him play like he played last night and being like, "Oh right, like oh yeah, like that's what it looks like when Riley's good when he's skating." He made a defensive play at the blue line. You can see him kind of weighing his option. I'm gonna go, and you see him jump up, and it's like I do want him doing that. I do want him involved. He is a guy who's shown he can shoot the puck in the net at times. Nice to see him do that last night. He's back with TJ Brody. They got the D pairs today. They're looking at Shen and McCabe playing together. Well, yeah, he talked about it again. He's like, don't read anything into it. Oh, really? Yeah. But I was going to make the point just that if you add Shen and McCabe, it's basically like you looked at the old six you had with Sandine Lilligren and said, what if our third pair was bangers? It's McCabe and Shen now. And then the other two pairs can still be Riley Brody and Geo and Hall or Geo and Lily or whatever you want it to be. I kind of like that as an option, but I do think that Riley the, in the end gets Brody. And um, you mentioned, go Sandy, back and forth. mentioned so Sandy. We, we quickly, assume before I forget, twenty six thirty one right. last night for Washington. Didn't he get pulled he off the back. ice with a bad knee? Got, he came back and played the whole game. Good Anyways, Lord. continue. So Brody and Riley are your number one pairing, and who's the Leafs' second pair? I guess your choice then is is Geo and Hall or Geo and Lily. Oh, don't tell me choice. Okay. Who are your second pair? Well, see, who's, who's your second twenty minute pair? Well. You know, the fact that I'm struggling with this is a good yeah. sign that there isn't one. No. But the fact that they have two third pairs that most most teams would, you know, go crazy to have, it's like a first and two third pairs, basically. And that's, to be honest, I'm humoring you when I say that because I think they're better than third pairs, both of those pairings. Okay. So second and a half maybe okay. in my so books. Let me rephrase that. How many minutes yeah. would you be comfortable Luke Shen playing in game one? Great is, question. He, is he a 20? Can he play 20 minutes now with uh, with McCabe? I don't know. What's he been getting no, with I, Quinn Hughes all year? I, I would, if I had my dream amount of time that he would play, it would probably be in the 12 to 13 range. Which third pair all day long. Yeah. 12 to 13 is really low. You think? Yeah, you. I mean, you're barely using a guy in playoffs at that point. Like, I, I, I know that, what you mean. I, I can see uh, a 14, 15. We're gonna watch tomorrow night against Carolina. We'll watch against uh, Ottawa from here on in. We're gonna get more sample sizes out of Luke Shen. I don't want to necessarily pigeonhole him in a ten to twelve minutes. If you ask me off the top of my head, that's probably a comfort zone. I'd, I'd be gladly uh, happy with. Yeah, but. You want to talk about 15 or 17, don't we have to see some situations here with his foot speed? 
Yeah, you know, like if you ask me about those pairs, and part of the reason I think it's difficult is like if you have McCabe-Shen, to me McCabe is a second guy, is a second pair guy, Shen's a third pair guy. So I don't really know what to call that pair. Geo, probably a third pair guy, right? But Justin Hall or Lilligren, I can see them being second pair guys. Like you got, they're kind of in and about that range. You're right though, after you play that top line, that top pair a lot, someone's got to play another 20 minutes. For yeah, sure. It's going to be Justin Hall like it always is. Yes, that's a, that's a good point, too. Justin and who? Hall, like it always is. Like, they clearly, And McCabe. Yeah. They love Hall. That's Hall's, why he says don't read into it. Hall's on the outside looking in today. They, play, their, they were a pair last pairs. night, uh, McCabe-Hall, right? People hate Hall so much, and it's he's going to be... I find him a, a little edgier here. last night. He threw another yeah, big hit last night. he threw another big hit last night. But if we're all being honest with each other... You can talk about, like, oh, who are they going to mix into the second pair? Who's going to be the second pair? It's going to be McCabe and Hall. And Hall's going to play 20 minutes a night in the playoffs against Tampa. Justin Hall uh, currently has the fourth most time on ice among Maple Leafs. So Riley and Brody are one and three. Um, and then Hall's there number four ahead of Austin Matthews. He plays 20, 20 and a half minutes per game on yes. average, which means he often plays more than that. Yes. And he kills penalties. He's on the ice for all their penalty killing. Like Geo, uh, uh, yeah. Um, plays 19.06. So McCabe came here as a 22-minute-a-game guy. He's played 18 and a half minutes. They've also had run 7D a lot. And Hall was under 17, which... Was that last night he yeah, was under 17? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 16, 50-something. Hmm. And Hall will take a beating for, like, every game, being playing against the other team's best players, taking cross-checks, getting the puck out, <laughs> and he'll make one bad play, and everyone will blame, blame the loss on him. It's so true. That's okay, let's go to... I've tried to defend him to, today. I, I, I do, too. Because, yeah. anyways... Let's go, go to ahead. a Sheldon Keefe uh, Kippers Clipper on Morgan Riley and his night. No, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to really figure that, because I don't think he's had the same jump in some of the previous games you know this one he started that way i mean he rips one off the crossbar early uh early on and he's jumped he jumps into the hole uh, to get the puck to shoot it and he jumps into the same or similar hole on the second or a second chance which he makes good on mixes up the shot first one's first one's high and off the bar second one's low corner uh so it was a terrific start for him not sure what you can really attribute it to but that's what we need to to see from Morgan in terms of uh, jumping into those holes, you know, kind of being that guy off the puck that can be a, a threat for us offensively. You know, and I thought that he played hard and defended well as well. I think we've wasted a lot of time talking about which which defenseman can help Morgan Riley yeah. out over the course of this year, and Good point. it really has to come back to no, that's not the way it works yeah. with these number one. Defenseman, you which make you everyone better yourself. Hundred percent. Yeah, and every guy on that team who's a defenseman should say, "I want to play with Morgan Riley." Mm-hmm. If I had my pick today on any pairing, why wouldn't I take the supposedly best defenseman, the highest paid defenseman, and make him my partner? Doesn't that make me on the number one pairing? Yeah, and that's where Morgan has to now still get his game. Where he just says, I don't care who I play with. I'm going to make them better because that's my job. Yeah. You know what it is? Like the guys who make other guys better tend to be really consistent and reliable. Like you know what you're going to get and what they're going to be. And TJ Brody is like, oh, my God. We don't ever talk about him. We don't ever talk about him. He just does his job. He plays 20, 
minute tonight for the yep. Toronto Maple Leafs, and we never speak of him. Who's the best D pair? Whoever's with Brody. Yes. You know? <laughs> then so Riley is a little bit more unpredictable. He can be run hot, run cold, and it is a it's the reason he's seven point five, not nine point five. Had a scout uh mention to me that uh he he plays with a shorter stick. You know, Having never thought of that myself, I can immediately recognize that true. Just, pi- does? just picturing him. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure that I'm sure that's right. That's I can see a lot of the way he moves. I, I mean, I, I don't know factually if that's correct or not, but man, oh man, like you got some big boys out there, and if they've got a long stick, how can it not help you defend a little better? You know who seems to use a really long stick? And this is, again, I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I feel like Lilligren has a really long stick. Like for a guy who's not big, he's got, got a decent range with it. I know D-Man always trying to add that extra quarter inch in practice, quarter inch, quarter inch, quarter inch, and just seeing how big they can go while comfortable. Wasn't I was never comfortable with the... Shorter stick. I always use the short stick. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, It's because we're bad and we need yes. to control the puck. Bingo. <laughs> on the topic of having jump, as we heard from uh, Sheldon on, on Morgan Riley, uh, watching Austin last night, to me, was samples of the best he's looked for me all season long. Yeah, the third period. When, when that guy starts using his body the way he does, when he comes around the net and you're... He's, I know the he, one you're talking about on 43 there. He, he's Excuse got, me. He's got that Peter Forsberg for me, that Yager that says, yeah, you're not getting this puck. No, he's right off the bench and fresh, and it was Byram, I think, or Gerard, a smaller and D, and he was just like, that, no, big brother. That has nothing to do with his hand. But you know what else, though? He cut in on that play, and th- you're going to love this because your boy Mitch was wide open on the back door. He could have yeah. slid it right over to yeah, him for a little yeah. tap in. And I was like, ah. I, that last night, I, he was pointless, right? He had five shots on goal. I thought, I agree that that was the most encouraging night for me. Right. Cutbacks, control. Just, he like, looks strong, con- using his body. Yeah. It's like, maybe, maybe. That's, yeah. that's your centerman who's a shooter. Yeah. A lot of centermen's number one centermen's would have dished it off to Mitch. I can't have this conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> But that in itself, to me, is a great sign. If he starts now having that that body image of a dominant player, yeah, regardless of what his stats are. He actually went into a puck battle with McKinnon and blew McKinnon back off a puck and took control. So, you know, those are really positive signs for the Leafs. There's good things happening there. Like I said, it's just how do you put the ingredients together now? Do you guys want to talk about... Colorado? Yeah, I do. Your boy, uh, Kale McCarr there, well, pretty, pretty solid effort. Uh, yeah, he's, 30 minutes. He's all right. Talk about controlling and influencing a hockey game. Oh, yeah. Dictating it. You know, the way he moves across the blue line is incredible. Watching that game last night, like, this is kind of an out there thought, but it was just like, can we please have a hockey tournament where all the best guys play for the country <laughs> you just want to root for that well, guy no, as your yeah own? but like you just look at all the, the skill on dipl- display in that game it's like you know you start on colorado rantanen uh he's mckinnon all, mccarr he's all good until like that diaz goes down in a world championship like why are we playing this no it's the <laughs> yeah. world baseball classic is completely different it's a crappy tournament that no one really cares about 
it's like, oh, sure, these guys are passionate. There's like four good teams that could actually win. I guess that's kind of the same in hockey, but it's different in <laughs> hockey. It's sorry. Yeah. And we haven't had it in 100 years. Yeah. Like you look at, you just look at them. They have all those guys that could play. And it's like Marner's unbelievable. Matthews playing for America. Nylander. Fi- yeah, it's amazing. Yep. Almost four. <laughs> I, I did see signs at Colorado that said they would scare me if I'm any yes. other team there. And that's without Landis Cog. Manson. Like, in. That's three outstanding, proven playoff performers. The Western Conference, so I wrote that article today. I'm looking at the first place team in the West, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas has the 28th ranked penalty kill, the 22nd best power play. They're 15th in goals. Like, they're, they're not that good. They're the first place team in the conference. You can't tell me Colorado, if they get everyone healthy, isn't yeah, instantly the runaway fave. It, it is a big if. We had uh, Arif Dean, yep. uh, who covers Colorado on yesterday, and we talked about Landis Cog. I'm not hearing. That didn't sound like I'm, he's I'm not hearing imminent. good th- things about him coming back. Yeah. Which would be, I think. Death knell? Yeah. Still, I, you'd never want to underestimate Kale McCarr and well, that's the McKinnon thing that, and Rantanen. But with like, the West being the way it is, like, could Landeskog be available in June? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, maybe he's not ready for April 17th, but if they can have some softer first-round opponents. I think that's more realistic for sure. Maybe he's a, a late playoff addition, which look out. Um, but yeah, let's listen to Keith on Colorado's decor if we have that clip. They, they they're just up on top of you. They they they're they're uptight. They recover well. There's you know you feel like you're in and, and you're going to get some space, and then they close the space. You feel like you're going to get pucks in behind them, and they get body position. They win the race. I thought the mobility of their defense was a real problem for us tonight in terms of getting through the neutral zone and, and getting on the attack. Um, similar as it was you know, against Buffalo the other night, but, but uh, you know, differently in terms of the mobility of their defense. And, you know, McCarr plays, plays half the game here tonight, and, and he's not giving you a whole lot. And then when he gets the puck on a shift, usually you're losing the shift. Uh, so that's, that, that was, a, that was a, a problem for us. But like I said, I, I thought we stayed with it. I thought that we, in such a tight game, we, we definitely had a, a shot here or there that could have been the difference for us. Even on our power play, I didn't love a lot about our power play, but in each of the ones we had, we did have one really high-quality look on each and just didn't convert. So you know, those are, that's what the game comes down to, and in the end, they win the skills competition. Yeah, I'm not sure the news will get any better for for Josh Manson. Uh, Again, we talked to uh, Arif yesterday, and it sounds like he wants to give it another try. He's been in and out of the lineup, which means he's managing something. He's trying to look after something. Avoid surgery, but still play. Exactly. And now he, you're never going to get it to a place where you're going to play every other night for Let two alone months. as effectively as a guy who plays yeah. as hard as Manson does. So, exactly. He's God, avoiding Edmonton, surgery. this is your year. He's, no, he's, he's, a, he's avoiding surgery so he can try to manage something. Uh, but clearly, uh, it's going to be one of those things where I, I don't think he'll ever be uh, close to what he was last year for them. Really? That's significant, eh? That's significant. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's the rumblings anyways. Yeah, that's... Quick. Quick big picture thought on Makar. If you if it was a fantasy draft, 
where like and everybody had like first overall pick, second overall pick, and there were all the players were in the pool. Where does he go to? Like for pure playoff points? No, or just for points no. just like wow. for, to start a team. If you're picking David, teams. oh yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think McCarr is in my top. Yeah, he might two. be after McDavid. Yeah, I, I think that's legit. Yeah, I he is probably my favorite guy in the league to watch. He, I love that Avalanche team. They are yeah. like you know that's how you you suck for a few years. You get a little bit of draft luck, and you're just a they're they're going to be a dynasty. Yeah, like what happened to the Sabres? <laughs> you know, or a lot of those teams that sucked for so long. The but. other thing I got last night as we speak of Samsonov, uh, Georgiev is capable. He's good enough. I, I think he's, okay. he's capable. You saw enough. I, I don't get the sense that that is a thing that you're going to go into their first round and go. Yeah. Oh, but their goalie is. Yeah. He's a nine seventeen or something. He's, he's listen. Good. He may. He may be horrible, but I don't see signs of that. Respect to the Avs for being like, we don't think Kemper's that great. We can get someone that good and then doing it. Yeah, respect to the Avs, end of sentence. Yeah, fair enough. It's an awesome team. Just like that, first block out of the way. Gord Stellick on the other side of this break. Leaf Nation pre and post. Always great having Gord Stellick on. Stellectricity after these words. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Chit chat, catching up on life. Yeah, yeah. We weren't, we weren't finished our discussion. No. Can we go to another break. <laughs> JB and I were in a heavy discussion. Discussing business. I'm going to become part owner. Of oh, Blue we can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got, we got Gord Stellick. We got Stellectricity. We never, ever push aside Stellectricity. Never. Gordo, where do we find you today, my friend? Well, Kippy, I'm just you know. Um, looking at Little Buddha display here at the LCBO, whatever. And just, uh, <laughs> does, my sh- owns. Does, does my show drive you to drink? That, that's it. That's it. No, I just, well, so what's a heavy discussion to you, Kippy, with, uh, with JB? Like, what was the discussion? Well, listen, I'm at the end of my career. He's just at the beginning of his career. I'm, I'm telling him all the mistakes that I made. Sage wisdom oh. being handed down. Well, you better take a break and uh, hear more from Kippy. You know, Kippy, You've, what Kippy, you, man. Hey, you know what you did really well? You and Heels, when you were riding high with the New York Rangers and won the Stanley Cup, that's when you guys were really media friendly and you, and you, and you gained a lot of experience back then, made a lot of connections, right? Oh, listen, if, if Glenn Healy can fool them, so can I. <laughs> I've always stressed that. Uh, Gord, just give us your overall thoughts on, uh, you know, the Leafs falling short last night, but the positives that you may have seen and the, and where it's trending for the next 15 games, big picture stuff. Well, I think most people want the playoffs to start tomorrow, right? Um, and they won't. So I, I think that you want to create, good, to me, good habits uh, and maintain good habits, maintain home ice if you can. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions last night. I thought Sheldon Keith had a good point just about, you know, they can beat you 6-2, but also they can play pretty good defense as well. And even though the, the Leafs didn't get a lot of shots on them, you know, you're, you're, you're hanging tough with the, uh, 
with the Stanley defending Stanley Cup champions. And I think I think there's kind of that sorting out process about the new guys in town. Like every now and then you'll get a game like last Saturday, and that was just you know off the charts exciting. Mitch Marner was off the charts exciting. I mean. It's not new. It was more novel the first year that Mitch and Austin and them were in, in town, but it still was great to be entertained that way. So uh, obviously concerned about, I know it's one game, but a 2 nothing lead at home against the Buffalo Sabres, the, the, um, the sloppy lack of commitment, the uh, Sheldon saying they were tired in the second period. I thought he was accurate. I mean, you know, and Kippy and Justin, you know that sometimes, you know, mentally you do get worn down. I mean, it doesn't make sense that you, you know, you weren't playing back-to-backs or anything like that. And so, I mean, I, and, and I, certainly the trade deadline deals checked all the boxes. So um, I'm just hoping, like everybody else is, that whatever whatever kind of ride, because I saw great rides by the Ottawa Senators in the, to end the regular season, and then the Leafs kicked their ass in the first round. You know, I, I, I've seen that. So I, I, I don't quite often know. I, I think it's a, I always think it's a good thing to end the season on a regular season on a high, but it's kind of an imperfect science if you look at past, uh, past playoff histories. Well, and looking at the Leafs' past playoff history, one of their issues has been they haven't scored enough goals in the big games. There are moments this year where I feel like it hasn't been the same as past years where they have looked a little bit offensively challenged, and I'm not sure that that's true when it comes to their elite guys necessarily but what comes behind them is always the big question do you feel like they're better equipped to score in the playoffs now by adding some guys that kind of get to the hard areas or do you have concerns about their ability to score against good teams well you know uh, uh, justin that, that's the problem like i don't even remember anyone getting goals i don't remember like third or fourth line i know they did but i don't remember that over the last three four five years you yeah. know i don't it doesn't it doesn't jump out at me, and I, I can remember, you know, whether it's Nick Paul or or guys like that, or, or Corey Perry, or you know, whomever over the last few years. So I, they've changed the mix up a little bit, or you know, or with with a Cherry and, and Lafferty and and that. But you don't have McCabe anymore. You don't have Engvall anymore. Um, but they didn't come up with big goals either, even though Engvall's doing okay right now with the Islanders. So you know, somebody's got to do it. I mean, it's 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 like everyone's been like Alex Kerfoot. You know, that's sort of been though. That's sort of been the prototypical kind of playoff performance by you know someone of that ilk. I'm not putting it on him on singularly, but uh, yeah, they got to come up with those goals. They got to come up with. They have to come up with depth. You can't be remembering a horror, a horror Galchenyuk giveaway. Why was it not a a Galchenyuk goal, like a Nikki Borshevsky goal? You know, in Game Seven, that kind of thing. So I I do. They can't be worse equipped, Justin. I mean, that's that's my one point. They can't because right. you're right about it. This this high-powered scoring machine uh, has had trouble uh, too many times in the playoffs. I'm just wondering, Gordy, uh, like last night, is that an example of what's coming up that if Mitch Marner, Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander don't put up the numbers, you don't win. It's that simple. And... I mean, at some point, if if that trend continues, do you not ask Kyle and and Sheldon to look in the mirror and say, "Hey, listen, um, that's the way you set it up. That's that's the way you 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 constructed your salary cap. Why why should you be that surprised at the results?" Yeah, you know, I mean, and again, of course, last night, if you get Morgan Riley scoring more like twenty goals a season, I'm not not that you expect him to be the difference maker, but. You know, I, I think he's he may be the keyest leaf about which Morgan Riley shows up in the playoffs. But to answer your question, Kippy, I, I think that, you know, that's a real good point because from the word go, uh, that's where the money 
has been exclusively put. I mean, you look at Buffalo, they've got two number one overall picks and they're both defensemen. So as they develop along, there's a little bit of balance about their Tage Thompson's versus others. But uh, yeah, it's kind of been, I mean, that, that was the name of their documentary all or nothing, right? When they did the 24 uh, seven type thing a couple of years ago. And unfortunately it's, you know, it's, it's always been nothing and it's, and it's always been disappointing in the critical game. I mean, last year was a real good game seven battle, but you know, and then, you know, Justin, you made that point about uh, like Freddie Anderson's best performance was against Columbus, right? But Columbus won one nothing, and Freddie let a soft goal in. But just yeah. you know, but he but he played great. It just seems like every 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 playoff game and series, that's what marks a player like say Freddie, who had a really great regular season career with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's kind of the poster guy for it not happening in the playoffs. But but you know, Kippy, like uh, to your point, yeah, if it if it's if it happens again, you're kind of saying, man, oh man, you keep. You know, you keep you, you got a real limited budget. Not that money always is the deciding factor on abilities. And whatever it is, every year uh, they can't come up with any offense whatsoever. Should you be surprised? You know, I was thinking. You know, they they should really have lines in place and everything sort of settled for the last. You know, call it ten games. You know, at least five games or whatever. But you'd sure love to be up enough points on Tampa Bay to give a couple of guys an extra day off here or there. Are you ready to see them go to twelve and six? Pick some lines, try some lines instead of this. I don't know. It's been a blender since the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, and let's face it, Sheldon doesn't like it either, even though he keeps pointing to the Tampa Bay example. But, you know, Tampa Bay and Edmonton kind of have a, a, a setup in, in that regard, you know, how, how they do it. Uh, but with Toronto, it's never really been the case. And I think it's important to figure out those pairings, like who's going to be with who. And then, you know, obviously just when O'Reilly got hurt in that Vancouver game, you know, they're going to, that, that Tavares didn't agree to go on the wing for the rest of the season. It's one that it gives them an option and maybe kind of a different option if they need some offense to kind of go with the two power lines. But they've also, they've also done that in the past. And when they have those guys out for 25 minutes and, you know, Tampa Bay threw out more balanced lines and ultimately, uh, ultimately won it. So uh, I, I, yeah, I, I want to see the, I want to see the 12 and six uh, because also in the playoffs, if you're, if you're stud D are playing really well, you don't even really need 60. Like, you, you know, you play the crap out of your, your top 4D. They generally get more minutes. So uh, I, I know right now there's some injuries up front. They got a ton of defensemen quantity-wise right now. So he's just trying to get some, some ice time for all of them. And the quantity is great if they need the depth, but I don't like the 11. You know, I, I don't like the 11 and 7. I don't really think Sheldon likes it either. Are you okay with uh, $12.5 million between Brody and uh, Morgan Riley as being your your best pair moving forward? Well, you know, the, it doesn't, you know, there, there's no cachet like Victor Hedman or no, no one caught or no, you know, tandem like, you know, McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm in the, in the division. I mean, Brody's been a nice free agent pickup uh, Morgan Riley. I mean, that was the going rate. He's, he's been the Morgan Riley when he's on his game. That's just a notch below Norris trophy consideration. I'm talking like, you know, the top dozen, you know, after that, but also, I, I I think that's key. I mean, that's the quite that's that that's the six million dollar whatever it is question Kipper about. You know, you you can't just be Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, you know, Tavares, whatever them being the four coming through. It's the depth scoring, but also the D making a difference. And you know, with the other elite teams uh, in in the Atlantic Division, I mean, they got real they got real strong D and they got real depth D. And we're hoping we're hoping the Toronto Maple Leafs have that. 
Do you feel do you feel like um the Tampa Bay Lightning struggle should give the Leafs some hope here? Like I haven't seen the Lightning look like this. They're like 15th in the NHL in goals against. They're they're reeling. They you know they know they beat New Jersey uh, a couple nights ago, but you know three wins in their last 10 Gord, is it changing how you view this first round matchup? Well, it's I I've always viewed it that I I don't know why we come up with the instant excuses in Toronto that Oh no, they're going to play Tampa Bay. And I, I, I can look, I say, I don't want to keep beating past playoffs to death, but they had Montreal and Columbus that were set up in their favor and that didn't happen. So you just got to beat those teams, right? You know, and you know, and again, I, I go back to Kippy's run. Like you, you got to win a great against really good or great teams. And Tampa Bay is a year older. Okay. The Leafs are a year more in their prime with their, with their big players, except for Tavares, the others, are in that real prime sweet stop one one year deeper, where on the other side, it's not like Tampa Bay got old all of a sudden, but it's a little bit of a difference. And every year they've had to, they've had to lose somebody uh, for cap reasons. So they've done a great job keeping it all together. But every year, you kind of chip away at it. I also think it's got to be exhausting having been in the final the last three seasons in a row, not, not just physically, but mentally. So I, I think they're right for the taking. So I, I'm with you. Like I, I know uh, the, the, argue, the argument right now is, oh, I don't worry about Tampa Bay. They're going to be fine, and I understand that to a degree. But I'm, but I'm seeing, you know, a, a, they're they're a little little bit more for the taking than the team last year or the year before, and that's not meant as a criticism. That's just the reality. That's just the way it works in professional sports and teams. You know, little by little, some of that attrition starts adding up and becomes a difference maker. And, you know, more and more I'm finding that in the Maple Leafs favor when you just handicap it. How much more beatable is Tampa if you have home ice advantage? You know, there's a part of us all season long that said Tampa won't care until Justin tells me that they're the second best team at home with 24, uh, six and five compared to 16, 16, and one on the road. You can't tell me for one second, Cooper doesn't care. Well, and it comes down to, yeah, no, big time. It also comes down to last shifts and last change, and the Maple Leafs have more with O'Reilly there as far as the three lines that they'll be able to throw out to, to use that last change. There's more ability and depth. And God, and you know what, Kippy? Psychologically, to have it all year long, like here we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the fact that they they haven't been the Tampa Bay Lightning of all, but they're they're once again they're making ground on the Toronto Maple Leafs. So to to have home ice advantage all season long and then to lose it at the wire, uh, I, I would find discouraging. But again, nothing should be an excuse. But no question, you want home ice advantage, and that is a that is a goal that they should keep these last fifteen or so games. Maybe it had something to do with us watching Mitch Marner play thirty minutes last night. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, could be, could be, you know, just uh, it's, uh, but but I think, again, I, like Sheldon Keith's been around long enough, so I don't know, like about you know trying different things. I, I in, in some ways, in some ways, you know, you want you want to see what you can try and what you have and what works. But on the other thing, like Justin said, don't you at some point just want to get things set, and get in a groove, and and have you know that kind of deployment, whether it's uh, what the lines are what the minutes played are like an element of consistency. So what do you think comes with, of, of Luke Shin? We talked earlier in the show here about where his sort of fit is, you know, is he going to be a guy who's a steady part of the six here? How do you see the D pair shaken out here? It looks to me like Riley and Brody will end up back together. I would, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I wonder what they were thinking in acquiring them all. Like we, like, 
like Luke is, uh, as we know, well, he's he, he's he, he's gone deep in the playoffs, right? So they got that experience. That's always an intangible. They know about his character. They know he can be physical, which is something pretty well everyone they've added has a little bit of that sandpaper, you know, acknowledging that it, it's a good thing. So uh, I don't know whether he'd be your, like, I don't know who's going to be your six. There's about four of them that could be your six in the playoffs, but he just gives you something different. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I like to pick up at the end of the day, he'd be a squad player. I mean, he was one of the seven for Tampa Bay, you know, when they had the, when they had the seven D. So uh, I, I think it's just a little bit more of that, you know, that, that physicality, that team thing, the guy that will do whatever it is for the team and, uh, you know, kind of like a fourth line forward, except on the decor. We had a conversation about Samsonov and, uh, the responsibility of having Matt Murray ready uh, just in case. How long of a leash would Samsonov have? This is trending towards Samsonov. You on board on all of the things I just said? Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't like the leash thing either. Like, you know, it's 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 like, hey, the person's in. It's not like, oh, they're in, but they're on a short leash. What the hell is that, okay? You know, just, hey, he's uh, he's been the, the best goalie of the two. Um, it's uh, it's it's an imperfect science to try to figure out how they could do in the playoffs because they don't have the history of say Vasilevsky or you know way back when Curtis Joseph Ed Belfour about that kind of confidence about who was starting in goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, that's the big question mark. It's it's the big question mark uh, about that w- w- taking on Tampa in the first round and anybody else after that. Uh, obviously, hey, Jordan Bennington did it a few years ago that, you know, he was, he could be the difference maker for the Blues. And Matt Murray did it, what, seven years ago? He could be the difference maker for the Penguins when, uh, when it wasn't expected. So that's what you, you got to hope. I mean, and you mentioned earlier about you no know, depth scoring. Haven't had a goaltender steal a game in the playoffs. Like the playoffs quite often, one or two games a series is the goaltender is the difference. And I think there's been almost zero of that for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It doesn't mean the goaltender hasn't played well but just those different ways to win a game. Like winning a game is huge. Making the difference to win a game, that is huge when you ha- only have to win four and you could win one with, uh, with a goaltender almost stealing it and you can win one with depth scoring. I mean, that's a huge burden instead of having to win four with your four forwards dominating offensively. It is. So last one for me, just want to get your thoughts on that avalanche team and they're, where they're at heading into the postseason. Uh, we kind of th- agree that they're the best team in the West. Does, uh, is Dallas or Vegas or Edmonton or any of those other teams out there do it for you? Do you think there's a better team than Colorado out West? I don't know how this happened, Justin, that just what seemingly overnight, the, the lack of being impressed by Western Conference teams. Like, I don't know where it all came from because you're, you're right. I mean, yeah. you know, Dallas, Winnipeg were sitting pretty and then Winnipeg sitting in a very opposite place right now. Uh, the Pacific Division's been all over the place. So it's just, uh, yeah, Colorado is certainly to me is the best in a much weaker Western Conference. But, you know, a team like whether it's Los Angeles, whomever, um, I mean, there could be a surprise there. And again, it goes down to goaltending. If a goaltender makes a difference in one playoff round, you could get an upset there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't worry about the Colorado Avalanche. They seem to have a relatively easy path to the final. I mean, their, their big thing was to, uh, to get by the second round, much like the Leafs' uh, monkey on their back is to get by the first round. So once the Avalanche did that last year, you know, that they went all the way. And I, I keep saying it. I think if the Leafs get by the first round to win the Stanley Cup, you know, that, that's my prediction. But I really do. I think, I, think it's that, I think it's that monumental they could do it. But the other part is, man, there's a lot of great teams in the East. Like just the, 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 the balance the last little while – 
has swung over mightily as far as the East goes. But Colorado, I expect to be there. Uh, Edmonton will be an interesting team. But Colorado still, they're the champs. Gordon, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, your thoughts on the big afternoon from uh, Furman. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, you know what? I had it on there. I couldn't believe it. 13 against the four, right? It's uh, We got a friend whose kids goes to Princeton, so they're playing at 4.10 p.m. That's a 15 against two. But I, it just shows why. I mean, it's a, it's a one game, right, compared to a best four out of seven. But uh, just like our, just like the World Juniors has a certain has a certain chemistry, certain mix that works in hockey. Uh, boy, that March Madness does as well. And Kippy, I think you know, that was one that wasn't firm at one of the colleges that rejected you. <laughs> See, first of all, I, I, I couldn't give a crap what you really thought of Furman. I just wanted to know if you knew where it was. Uh, it, was on, it was on TV this afternoon. <laughs> he nailed it. What state <laughs> are they from? Oh, I, I don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, my, okay. Good. At least you proved my point. I was the first on the George Van Day Vikings. What about <laughs> eight people I remember when eight guys fouled out and we were in overtime and Mr. Clink looked and realized I was the only guy on the bench to go win. And he goes, just pass it to Donnie Campbell. I was so <laughs> nervous, right? I was on a short leash. <laughs> nice drop in for George Van Um You were yeah. expelled, right, from there? I was, I was, no, but when I was, I was on the bench so much that I, for a while, I had my wrist taped to look like I was injured, you know, just to look a little better, right? <laughs> You're like Ralph Mouth in Happy Days where he's playing basketball and then he takes his tracksuit off and he's got regular clothes and he goes, what, I never play. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a character builder, put it that way, as far as that. So I'll do more firm and research for what I talk to you next time as well. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. Okay, electricity at its finest. Thanks, Gordo. And the real Kipper and Horn show. Good on him. Yeah. That means he's really got uh, nothing else to do. No, that's fine. No, I, watching the basketball <laughs> game yeah, this afternoon. Oh, we were doing the same thing. So. I, yeah. I was just also watching Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, I, the Minnesota Wild shared the audio of Fleury trying to fight Bennington last night. All right, and Bennington had has been suspended. Oh, he has? Two games. Really? Two games. Yeah, you can't blocker people. That's a weapon. Uh, you're not allowed to throw blockers anymore. That was your day, Kipper. Okay, now, eat a blocker. What, did, what did we really think of, like, the the, the, the brush? Do you want to do, do it now? Because I do feel like it's an no, interesting topic. No, we'll probably take a... We don't have enough time, do I've we? I've got real thoughts on this. Do we have... Um, yeah, let's, let's no, save it for Sid, post. Sid, we got Sid, Sid after the break. When um, Gordo says the Leafs in the Stanley Cup in the same sentence, you can tell how beaten down I am because I like literally like a chill went up and down my did spine. He, did he predict last year a Stanley Cup no. win or this year? This year, I can't like when I he's hear he's not bailing on it. When I hear him say that, I'm like I like do a couple hail marys. Like, <laughs> he just feels wrong. No, like, it, it just feels so wrong. What would happen if they did? Well, that's the thing that makes you kind of. I don't even. That's what we've all. Dreamt. They would take us out of this oval in here, right. I think, and they would, would let us put do, that. Would we be at the game calling would, stuff or what? You, when you put that uniform on, that's your first thought. Like, I got a chance now. I, so that's why all these guys are coming here lately, being like, maybe I'll be a part of the group that does it. I, like, I don't even, then what would we talk about if they won? I have this fear, I've always had this fear that, like, a big part of them, you know, the shit, the passion that unites us all is... Because. Close. It's two checks. No, no, today. I didn't. I didn't cuss. I you cussed yesterday. 
It did. I, but, yeah, I took a swing. Which, like, I'm shocked. Like the true, the true. Thanks for making me dump. The true <laughs> pro- passion that gives us all together, that unites us all, is the passion of whining about the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's been part of the identity of the it's, fabric it's here. It's been something that I've been able to crap about on them about and lean on, just like conversate on. Oh, the Leafs. Hum, 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 it's hum. like oh, grumble, 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 grumble. It's been like, and if they won. It's like Roger Lajoie's great joke. He said if they won the cup the next day, somebody would be calling in wondering what the power play was going to look like the next year. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what well, the yeah, hell. There's people like that, though. Little... They wouldn't even know how to act yeah. if they had a good day. You know, every day is like, blah, 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 blah. No. Nah, it... Listen, I, 54 years yeah. in New York. And this is the us. Cubs did it. The Red Sox did so, it. So, Sammy will talk about defending. The problem with the Cubs and the Red Sox doing it is I think they were both at like 100 years, which means you're not guaranteed. What are we at? 54? No, no, what are we at for the Leafs now? 57 or something? I don't know. Was it 67? Closing on 60. Yeah. Whatever the math is on that. Like, I just, you know, I watch. I remember when the Cubs won and it was like that shared. You know, you look at another fan base who hasn't won in forever and you look and it's like, oh, that could happen. And I watched the video of all like the old Cubs fans and there's a guy like, in his recliner with a oh, blanket yeah. up to his neck, being like, "My God, they did it! <laughs> Don't let me be that, like Newsy Lalone. <laughs> Don't let me be that. <laughs> like, let me be able to walk when they win the yeah, cup. Can that happen? Need to All be right. able to climb a lamp. Keep post. your Jordan Bennington uh, thoughts fresh, because we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come again. back to Sportsnet legend. Oh, do we have a hockey or not a uh, Sportsnet Hall of Fame? Is Sid in it? We do now, and Sid's the honor, the first inductee. <laughs> okay, I think you might. Uh, you, I think both you guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sid Sixero, host of Breakfast Television. We've just stretched out his day a little longer on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Back after these words, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, hit the like button. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance on Spotify or iTunes. Back after these words. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ready to make his world debut on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Let's welcome in Sportsnet legend <laughs> Sid Sixero, who is now like all world morning guy. It's not bad. I remember this time slot. <laughs> I remember this time slot. What's going on, boys? Can you imagine, Kipper, if you texted me this morning and like, can you jump on? And considering how many times you've been on breakfast television and considering how many times Justin Bourne's been on breakfast television, what if I said, yeah, I'm busy, I can't do it. <laughs> like, what a move. You know what, what a move. You know what put me on over the top? I'm like, okay, why hasn't he been on our show, first of all? But I'm watching you today and you're on breakfast TV and you're trying to give away like three grand. And if they answer the phone a certain way they get three grand it's that simple yeah what is it i'm watching sid is that what's the magic words i wake up with bt whatever very much kipper every day after eight o'clock live on breakfast television we give away money thank you for the promo appreciate it so (laughs) two calls in they're both like hello and then sid's like hey what's your name 
And then the guy goes, you called me. <laughs> you're supposed you, to know, like, pal. Like, why? Who? This is creepy, pal. <laughs> We're trying to set it up as best we can. And my guy flips it on me live on air. And I'm like, it's a valid point. I re- I'm calling you. I had a very good laugh this morning, thanks to you. I appreciate it. But someone in that house, for the record, did sign up for the contest. We, we just didn't pull my guy's name out of thin air oh, okay, okay. and bother him first thing in the morning while he's in a fog. Like, we were trying to give you, like, $3,000. Sorry to wake you up. Go back to sleep. So you've been kind enough to have us on occasion to talk a little Leafs, a lot of, you know, a little bit of hockey here. Um, how much do you miss it? Um, I don't miss August 8th. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, trying to get through the year and nothing's happening. I don't miss, like, I don't miss the moment where, and listen, it happens for every NHL team, so I'm not picking on the Leafs, but, like, when Tim and I are doing two and three hours a day and you guys are doing two hours a day on the Real Kipper and Born show, there is going to be that moment where a course correction has to happen in your daily discourse. And you guys know what it's like when you get in that rhythm and Sam knows behind the glass, anyone who does sports radio knows when you get in that rhythm of you're in the same mode every day, whether it's Leafs playoffs, Raptors playoffs, Jay's opening month, it's just, it's all muscle memory. Yeah. And what I don't miss is when the Leafs get bounced, we're all like, okay, when's locker cleanup? I don't miss that. But there are those certain days where I'm like, I, I still miss it. Like, there are those certain days where it's like, this is the thing everyone's talking about, and all you want to be is on a microphone like Kipper and Bourne. And those are the days where it's like, throw the lineup out and let's go for two hours. I do miss those days. You know, we were just but, talking before. Go ahead, Sid, sorry. No, no, sorry. I just, I, I, August 8th is not one of those days. No, no, there's a whole month there around that August 8th, which is not, not an enjoyable time. We were talking before you were on about Sammy was giving us the, what would happen if the Leafs ever won? And, you know, God, would that be lovely for us to be on the mic? So we haven't had you on to get your chance, a general overview about how you feel about this Leafs team compared to the ones that you commented on for so many years uh, with your pal, Tim. Um, okay. I'm going to do something weird. I'm going to start positive. Okay. Whoa. Yes. I'm changing. I'm changing here. Um, this is the best leaf team I've seen since 2004. Ooh. Does anyone in the room disagree with that? Not I, uh, Who's their goalie again? Or Carpison? I don't know. Well, I mean, they won a, they, they won a series that year. Was it not Belfour? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was who? Sammy. Belfour. It, was, it went yeah, from Cujo to Belfour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so pretty good goalie. They still had some rhythm. Yeah. Like they, still, like, they had the remnants of 2002 still there. It wasn't the exact same team. But, you know, they still... They had Pat behind the bench, rest of soul. And, you know, they were still a, a team that could grind you out if they needed to with some skill. And I see a team that can grind you out better than they used to be able to with a ton of skill. Um, 
I, 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 don't, I rarely do this, but I will defend a lot of Leaf fans who've been complaining about this playoff system for a long time coming off that ridiculous comment Gary Bettman made yesterday. Because right. this is no longer a fan issue. This is no longer a commentator issue where you guys are on the mic giving your takes on this playoff format. You have future Hall of Famers in your league, Gary, who think this playoff format's garbage. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. This, isn't, this is no longer a fan or blogger or troll comment. This is Crosby and McDavid. So what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Now, I know what Gary's thinking. Gary's thinking the longer the NBA playoffs go, we get destroyed in the ratings, so we got to front load our stuff. I get it. I understand it. You want ESPN and TNT to have all that air before the first round of the NBA playoffs get going. I get it. But this is ridiculous, and the Leafs deserve a better draw than this. I'm not saying they're scared, but every team in that division, every team in that part of, of, the, of the league deserves better. Now, with that said, um, does it not feel to you guys like there's just one thing missing per game? If it's not the offense, then Murray has to be better, and maybe 7D isn't working. It's not like a bunch of things that are off every night, regardless of result. But it's like the one thing. And we're less than a month out from the start of the real thing. And last night felt like it again. I thought they played a, a, a really smart hockey game, a good hockey game. Penalties aside late. Um, but I, they don't feel like the, like the snare drum's been tightened yet. Am I wrong? Uh, I, there, there's tweaking for sure. Uh, we, we've talked about the lines, and I'd like to see a, a more result driven power play at the right time. I get I get where they are in the standings with it. I, I get all of that. It just seems when they need a big goal, they it, do, it doesn't look as crisp as the Edmonton Oilers. No. Few, <laughs> damn, that's a fun thing. Few teams do look as crisp. Um, but I'll, the, the, my, my main two angles here are as follows. First, um, I know the regular season is kind of plodding along for this team and the fan base because of the format. And I, it's, it's, it's what it is, but it's meant something to Murray and it's meant something to Samsonov. And I think the regular season has to mean something. Mm-hmm. And there is no one on that bench or that Leafs front office who can make the argument. Matt Murray starts game one. He, he doesn't deserve it. Right. You know, he that, doesn't deserve it. Well, ahead, and that's no. the thing. It's like a, a, a dubious thing where it's almost like there are some decisions that are made with a little bit of we want to be proven right by some decisions we've made. And whether that be bringing Murray in or Kerfoot hanging around from the Cadre trade or Justin Hall, there are some things that people find curious. And I understand there are ways to defend them. And I've defended a few of them. But there does seem to be at the end of the day that Keith and Dubas want to be the ones standing there and saying we told you. Well, now this, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because then this slowly moves more towards the direction of this is all about Kyle. Like, I'm really worried about this. How you bring a GM on, on, on no term on the back end of this year, I'm not really sure. I still don't understand what that was about. Do you think at happened. some point between September and where he is today that uh, 
there's enough warranted for, I don't maybe not a five-year contract, but maybe one, an extension of a year and an option maybe? I don't know. Look, based on regular season record for both Sheldon and Kyle, I think we can all have the legitimate discussion that they deserve way more time than the next cup than the next month. I think I, the stats bear that out. And you're going to find, regardless of what happens in that Tampa series, you guys know this better than anyone. There's going to be the Kyle defenders. There's going to be people oh, yeah. that look at the analytics and look at that regular season record and say, and they're the victim of a bad playoff format, yada, yada, yada. They're going to exist. But the fact that he has no deal tells me that if they don't beat Tampa, he, he better go into that meeting with MLSC with more than just some analytics. Because I, I think there are some serious people in this company who are pissed off and paid a lot of money for hockey rights and know full well what the revenue is like if the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a conference final on a Saturday night. And they haven't gotten any of that. Now, no, hockey fans don't usually like to talk in those parameters. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys running the ship over at MLSA, essentially. So I don't think it's fair, necessarily. But, but this, is, this is a big, big month for Kyle Davis. Big month. And if his pride gets in the way, Justin, and I'm not, I don't completely disagree with where you're at with this. If his pride gets in the way with Matt Murray, and if Sheldon Keefe's pride gets in the way with Matt Murray, they're sunk. You want a competition, tell them both, go out there. Whoever loses two in a row is out of the crease. Yeah. Sometimes we overthink this. You want a competition, let them have it. Let them have it. Especially when, they, when, the, when the real first starts to fly against Tampa. So would it Tampa, be enough? Would it be enough, sorry, Sid, if let's say it doesn't work out for them? Would it be enough to say, okay, we've moved on from Kyle and maybe even from Sheldon, and we're going to go back with this group? If they can't win with this group, at what point do you turn that attention inward and say, okay, this core can't get it done? I mean, well, let's talk. That's a good segue. So let's talk about the core. Mm-hmm. Because I, I am no longer in a place where I'm criticizing Austin Matthews for anything. I don't care what this first round looks like. Played most of the year hurt. And I'm no longer in a place in my life where I'm criticizing Mitch. I don't care what that first round looks like. Okay. Can I just... There are... Go ahead. I, jump I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, 99% of Leaf fans will blame them. Well, That's me, what they do. They well, automatically go to the highest paid guys. They didn't get it done. They will take all the heat. It ain't going on yarn crock and Kerfoot. Well, I'm not. Well, that's not where I'm. I, I hear you. Some some fans will knee jerk that. But I think we're going to enter a new phase in this if it goes the other way. If the Leafs don't get it done. Like I really want to see John Tavares in that series. Because John Tavares, let's remember last postseason, the narrative legit came up. And people weren't flinching that during that series, John Tavares all of a sudden became an $11 million center who wasn't a real center. And we're not talking about it. Morgan Riley's played 39 career playoff games. What's his plus minus, guys? I'm no genius. I looked it up an hour ago. Do you know what his plus minus is in the the postseason, Morgan Riley? No, but I'm guessing not a plus. 
plus one. Okay. Oh, I was wrong. Still, though, like it gets you, it gets you into the weekend of the Players Championship. <laughs> Fairly. <laughs> but but is that Makar? Is that Hedman? Is that a beast that's going to play you thirty postseason games in one year at twenty-five to thirty minutes a night? Like I don't like Morgan Riley is one of the nicest guys I've come across in the game. Yeah, we're all nice. But, but he's I'm skated, pun unintended. Has he skated on a lot of this? Yeah. And you could put you could you could dress eight defensemen. I don't care how many defensemen you dress. If he doesn't step up in a major way and stop the look around what's going on Morgan Riley thing and maybe learn how to play with someone else not named Brody, where's this team going? Like I think I just think there are guys on the roster who haven't faced it the way Nylander and Austin and Mitch have faced it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they've been perfect. But I'm, those guys are elite, elite, elite players in some of the most talented leaps I've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm not going down that listen, road again if, with if, those guys. If they're not, not ready this year, then you're never going to be ready because they're all having career years, you know, with the exception of uh, Austin. Um, and this is it. This is make it or break it time. And if Kyle's not here, you know, someone's going to come in and, and – and sell the the fact that uh, that recipe doesn't work. Somebody's got to go. They're already circling. Like how many? I've seen Bruce Boudreaux more now than when he was working for the Canucks. <laughs> Bruce is circling that organization. There are people looking at that roster, going, "Don't screw up. Don't don't Sheldon, don't screw up. Kyle, don't screw up." Don't let me get my hands on it. So, what's the bar for their success, Sid? Like, if they win a round, are they over the bar? Yeah, I, I think Kyle gets three years. Yeah. Do you guys think he gets three years? I think he gets three years. It's interesting. I yeah, I, I think so. I you think win one round. And, I think it's, in it's all a honesty, discussion to have, but I think that that's where it's at. It's a great feat to, to get by Tampa this year, for sure. I'm not underestimating yeah. that. But can I see how they look in the second round? <laughs> he gets shelled for nothing. Well, me, okay, I like where you're going. So they win in six against Tampa and get swept by Boston. Is the mood the same? Even, no, it's not. It's not. It's like you're not close to getting to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final. You're not there. So, anyways, listen, uh, there's no question that you, you you have not missed a beat here on, on on the Leafs. And on top of your world issues and solving every problem for uh, the city of Toronto and bartending this morning, man, <laughs> you, you've, you're right on the money with the Leafs, eh? Look, man, you can't... Uh... I can't quit him. I can't quit him. <laughs> You're like cigarettes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like Ben Affleck smoking outside with that look. Leaves are just as bad for your health. <laughs> but really you guys, appreciate listen, your time, Sid. Thanks for doing this. You guys are killing it, man. I love your show. Keep Thanks, going. Man. Thanks, Sid. Sixero, host of Breakfast Television. What a guy. And uh, still a closet uh, leaf. He's like Marner. He can control the pace of play. You know, like he, like it's like all of a sudden I, I forgot I was he's, on the show and I was just listening to him. He, just, should, he should be doing this. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I, I should ask him a question. Wish at times you get a little bit more opinionated. <laughs> he should be doing this. <laughs> he's 
on for 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, Tavares and Riley and Dubas. And yeah, he's, he's got but takes, boy. I think takes yeah, are okay. But he, but he nailed the, the Morgan Riley thing. And the I think he hasn't taken it on the chin like the top guys have. And I think we're feeling it with him for the first time ever this year. Right? Like, I yeah. don't think we've ever felt it. And the, like you mentioned it a couple of days ago that you'd never seen it coming, Kipper. Like, I didn't think this was really coming either. And it, it's arrived for Morgan. Yeah, it like, has. He, like, there's always been like an under, there's always been an undercurrent, a certain part of the fan base that hasn't loved them. A grimy subculture of it. Yes. <laughs> it's always been there. But I think, I think it's bubbled to the top now with everyone. I know, but I think people have to at least be honest when they assess Morgan. That he is not your typical, like, grade A number one defenseman. There's a reason why the Leafs got him for seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And he was not in a – and there there was a few coming down the pike here on, on nine plus. Wierwinski, Seth, Seth Jones, Jones yeah. and they're like – Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse. Yeah, Marley uh, – sorry, okay. Riley's in that group and, to me. For sure. See, I don't have him. Well, no, him I, listen, uh, or Seth Jones? No, no. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But they don't belong at nine and a half. Okay. They, yeah, yeah. That's a fair right? point. That's, yes. There's that's, seven and a half that, guys. They, there's seven and a half guys, too. Yeah. But that is his uh, tier. I agree. It is. But it's not Hedman and it's not McCarr. No, and if I'm Morgan Riley and I'm the third Mike here, I'm like, I know. That's why I'm t- yes. pay, play, paid seven and a half instead of 12. So, People should just calm down on what his capabilities are for carrying a team some nights or carrying the blue line. That's yeah. all. And I, I wrote about him today, and uh, the first thing I said is, like, you know, you got to make sure you're, you're comparing apples to apples here. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a victim of circumstance, right, in terms of – Yeah. Like, it reminds me – Phil Kessel goes to Pittsburgh, well, no, and he's the third best player, and he and, wins a cup, and he's – And he – It's perfect. Phaneuf, too. Where it's like he was the number one guy here. He gets traded to Ottawa, and he's playing, you know, second, third line minutes, uh, pair minutes, and they yes. make a run to the conference final. He's scoring OT winners against the uh, against Boston Bruins. Like, it's a missed. It's where I defended Dion Phaneuf. I lost four to five years of my life defending Dion Phaneuf. When my number one take was always that like he's miscast. He's in the wrong scenario. Like he should never have been given the captaincy and been the number one guy. There's a little bit of that conversation with Morgan Riley too, in terms of like what his capabilities are. Yeah, like it's a he's experienced the whipping boy status for the first time, and he could t- put it all away and, uh, with a couple rounds win and him being well, playing well again. Um, I stand by what I said with McCabe. I like McCabe; he's perfect for what they were looking for, but he's not a guy that can alleviate the pressure off of Morgan Riley. No. Orlov would have been that guy. If they wanted to go a little higher mm-hmm. on an upgrade, Chikrin would have been that guy. I wonder if you said to 32 GMs in the league and said, don't worry about caps, contracts, whatever. You can have Morgan Riley or Dmitry Orlov. How many take which guy? Like, what's the split on that, do you think? Orlov. You think 32 GMs want Orlov over Riley? Because I don't. Over Riley? Yeah. Mm, that's a no. No. No, I think I think I maybe 2012 Riley. Listen, I I mean Orlov plays hard. He's 
you know, he's capable. I haven't watched enough Orlov to yeah. honestly tell you yeah, 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 whether yeah. I, I, he's better than Morgan or not. Right. But I just think that the upside on an Orlov to alleviate some pressure off of Morgan yeah. would have been better um, than McCabe. Yeah, you'd rather but, see them... The guy Go that I, on D. the guy I've watched a lot, and I watched a ton of Oilers just because they're so fun to watch. But like, God, that Ekholm, I was dreaming about Ekholm for two years, talking <laughs> to you guys about him being on the Leafs and them circling him, and then he got but traded. I, I think McCabe, I think McCabe was the better gamble than. Well, I mean, I love Ekholm, I do, I but love the Ekholm. upside on McCabe. Is better and, and the price than Ekholm and, the, and price, the contract. The price they got him for. And the price. I, know. I, I see Kyle where he went there, but Ekholm can't do what Jacob Chikrin can do. No. Jacob Chikrin is, but I think we have to go back to the conversation about how, you know, you talk about the cap. It's all this stupid conversation that we could okay. just would not Dumb have to cap. have without the cap, but like they weren't going to take any money back. It's like you had to take the whole boat, and the Leafs just weren't going to do that. So yeah. you kind of took them out of the race, right? And they got not a very good package for them in the end. So How about the Armstrong I, comments but, but I checked the other day? But I do love McCabe. Yes. I do love McCabe. <laughs> Which comments? Did I miss those? Yeah, he was on, uh, I think, uh, Strix podcast mm-hmm. in St. Louis there, and he said, basically, you know, we wanted to trade Chikrin for a year and a half. He said he had a he – was, he goes, he was awful last year. He was, he was awful oh, last Bill year. Armstrong. Bill Armstrong. Yeah, I, I caught he was, that. He was awful last year, and then he was yes. hurt for eight months. So, you know, we had to, we couldn't retain money. So, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> That's basically yeah. what he said. Yeah. I just, I, I just think even with the addition of McCabe, Morgan still feels the pressure of, okay, where's, my, where's my lane to jump in? Last yeah. night it worked out great, right? He comes in, Mitch finds him. He gets time to make his shot. He makes it. It's all good. But I think that there's constant uh, times where Morgan's like, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I look at the blue line. Uh, Giordano's not jumping in on a play. Yeah. Uh, Brody's not. Hall's not. McCabe seems to a little. McCabe I, listen, uh, he, on, it's too bad he couldn't finish that, that play. Yeah. So close. It would have it, it gained him a ton of confidence. For sure. I thought the same thing. Could have rolled been big a little for bit. Maybe he'll get it on Friday. Yeah. Maybe he'll get it uh, on the weekend. But is it going to be consistent enough to help Morgan? We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Morgan, that first shot he had that hit the post, that's like the hardest I've ever seen him shoot a puck. He split the puck in two on the crossbar. Yeah. Went flying like back into the neutral zone. He hit it so hard. It's nice. It was a nice snapper. <laughs> yeah, real nice. All right. Uh, we promised uh, Jordan Bennington uh, Yeah. comment uh, to you. You got some thoughts and ideas. Of course, Ryan Hartman came through the net on a goal, right? Yeah. So, Blues are up 3-1. Four minutes later, they're down 4-3. Bennington gets scored on, scored on, scored on. Down 4-3. Hartman scores to make it 5-3. <laughs> and on the way by, clips him. Did that, did that shorten his wick a little bit, you oh, think? Oh, I, I think he's a frustrated goalie at that point, And Hartman oh. gives him all a clip, knowing Bennington's fuse, and just set the bomb off. And Hartman... By the bomb, I mean firecracker. Hartman's a grease bag. Oh, yeah. Great grease. He just... All he does is... He pisses other teams off. He's a really gritty guy. And he was probably one of the guys that was screaming at him from the bench beforehand when he was going back. Like, him, they've run into each other before. Let's yeah. just say that. He's in front of the net a lot. And he knew exactly what he was doing. 
He flew through there. He left the leg out, and he tried to make it look like he didn't do it on purpose. Classic accidentally on purpose, like Kipper on Fuhr. Just, you know, <laughs> accidentally on purpose. And oh, then, that's nice. <laughs> nice. I'm, like, I'm just sitting here, minding my own business. Oh, I love doing that once in a while. But yeah. And Biddington is an absolute sap show. And he just can't help himself. And Marc-Andre to the rescue. Oh, yeah. And everybody on social media is, we just missed the fight of the year. Like, let him go. Let him go. And this is, this is the sound out of Marc-Andre Fleury last night. Get the crowd going a bit. I don't like having my hair like this, you know? <laughs> he wants to go in his helmet, doesn't like his hair. The flowers. He always wants to fight someone, he says. The flowers going WWE. Have you seen the Flowers Junior fights? Two junior fights hung in there, threw some bombs. He's, he's fought he, before. He, I think he had his nose broken. Oh, they, oh, really? He did well in the fights I saw. Maybe he took one in there, but he's... Like, he wasn't down there pretending like Bennington pretends to want to fight people. He was down there to fight Bennington, who I believe has zero fights in his... I think his agent, uh, Alan Walsh, sent out a tweet saying that they had a conversation once, and he's like, when he gets to the NHL, I want to do three things. I want to score a goal. I want to have a fight and win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And then got he, some got, work on the and then he got into a fight, and he's like, no, maybe I should just work on uh, scoring a goal and <laughs> yeah. winning a Stanley Cup. Um. Yeah, like Bennington. So Bennington gets suspended. Uh, our boy Steve Dangle had a funny tweet about how, you know, before the suspension came down, that sometimes the Department of Player Safety just hands out like a, a lifetime idiot award. What did I forget what he called it? Award? A lifetime achievement uh, award? Oh, a lifetime achievement suspension, he called it. Yeah. And it is. And it's like you've been a donkey for long enough. We've all seen enough of your antics. We're sick of it. And then you can't throw a blocker. Blocker's the excuse they're looking for. You can't throw one of those plus your Jordan Bennington. One for each. There's your two-game no. suspension. No comment. Okay. And, and, oh, you okay. like Bennington because he's no one sound guy? He won our only championship in, <laughs> in franchise history. He was the goalie. So, all right. no comment. You're passing on this topic. No comment. Donkey. But that act is getting a little thin, isn't it? Yes. It is. Very thin. It's oh, And, well, I mean, Barube was like, stop. Remember? Yeah, Berube had comments about how he's just got to play the game. He's like, just play the game. I will say, to Biddington's credit, last night is a situation where he was justified in being angry. Like, he's given up a bunch in a row. He just got clipped by a guy. You can't just run in and throw a blocker. And It was a violent act. It was an act of violence, it, indeed. The losing is is the biggest factor here. If you're winning or the team's in a good position... You can be too Rask and have that, a meltdown. Uh, would, you, would you like to hear... Bull Durham movie, right? It's like, you know, you got fungus on your shoes. You're colorful if you're winning. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Yeah, and if yeah. you're not, you're disgusting. You're just disgusting human being yeah. um, with fungus on <laughs> shoes. Would you like to hear Bennington's ranks this year among NHL goalies? Yeah, how's he doing? Uh, losses, 24. That's second in the league. Mm. Goals against average, 339. 43rd in the league. Save percentage, 892. 45th in the league. Penalty minutes. 17, first. Well, it's not good. For, 45th and save percentage, first in PIMS. I'd be pissed off. Guess what? Right. I'd be throwing blockers, too, if my numbers look like that. Well, he's also making five or six sheets for six. the next six sheets. For how many? Three more years. Something. 
They just traded away Billy Huso. They let him go, right? Because he, yeah, he makes, oh my God. He makes $6 million until 26, 27. So St. Louis has Four more years after this. Yep. So, yeah, so he gets a suspension. And interestingly enough, suspension's way down this year. Like, you know, a lot of times, I feel like when I first started on Hockey Central with Merrick, I came in here every other day and was like, what do you think of hit? What do you think? Should, you know, how many? It was a constant suspension talk. Barely happened this year. It's like half as many suspensions as his previous seasons. What do you make of that? Is that just are players cleaner now? Has this no. suspending well, yeah, work? Yeah, they are cleaner. Yeah. They don't want to be suspended. They don't want to lose money. Escrow. Like, the spread between the highest paid players now and the rest of the league, it's like if you're not making 10 sheets. You're making 750. You're making 750 a year. Yeah. I don't want to lose anything off my 750. I'm already giving like 60% to the government. You've taken another 15, 20 off of escrow. Like I'm playing for free. You suspend me. Yeah. So that's that to me is the biggest thing is the guys are so conscientious. Whereas I got suspended a couple times, I'm like, yeah, that's the best forty grand I could spend. Yeah, because I hate that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. You know, but that's, that's a very that's real dumb thing. by me. But like, I, I mean, well, but what's it part, worth part, to you? Part of doing business too, sometimes. And maybe it's part of the reason you get your next contract because you're a guy who you know cares. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, however you want to phrase it, for sure. So, but I, I don't think the guys think that way. And listen, I I knew I also was pigeonholed in a in a spot here where I had to play a certain role. Now we got guys on the fourth line who think they're first first line guys just sitting and waiting. Yeah. So they're not they're not putting themselves in a position to be suspended. Right. They see the fourth line as a cue rather than you know a role. You know, just waiting their time out. Yeah, it's interesting. Either way, um, suspensions are down, and yeah, and they have they've sanitized the league. They don't get enough credit when someone does something stupid. It's like, oh, we got to get it out of the game. It's out. Listen to me, people. It's out. Yeah. They've gotten so much out of the game. That's why they do welcome heavy hits, and you know they, they don't. Yeah, they want they want to totally get rid of that salt and pepper. We need a little seasoning. Um, other thing on our end of show list, Ryan Reynolds. Check in here. Um, you know, reading some stuff on him today. We mentioned yesterday that he had sold, you know, was part of the sale of Mint Mobile. 1.35. And he owned, I think, 30-some percent of that. So I think his part was worth $350 million. So that's a good contribution, or does he expect to be part of the Sens for free still? <laughs> well, I am curious to know, like, if the Sens cost 850 or 900 you know, does that 350 go right back into him? Could he get himself to where he's a 50% owner of the team? Okay. A few people have mentioned this to me. is like there, there's, there's always going to be a number floating out. But no one thing. We'll never know what the number is. In terms of Mint Mobile or No, I'm talking centers. about uh, value, cash value. Like they, they, there's a tendency to float out numbers that maybe behind the scenes aren't really what they appear. Really? It's interesting. It is interesting. Because they would want to inflate public value. Well, maybe. Is it 900 million? Really? Is it a billion dollars? Maybe Gary can create that with billionaires right now. And maybe it's legit. But in the past, I can assure you the tendency was to massage. Yeah. And you, you 
whatever way you look at it, estimated values or whatever, however they come up with those numbers, it's not real dollars and cents sometimes. That's interesting. You think there's any chance Gary picks a group that doesn't include Ryan Reynolds after all of this? No. No I mean, I'd be shocked if he just straight up lost the bid. He's like the dream candidate for them. Um, yeah, yeah no, like Gary's telling Ryan Reynolds, yeah, go with that group over there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're going to take that group <laughs> yeah, over there. Hey, hey, Gary. Yeah. But he did say, Bettman made some comments about how he thinks that in some pockets of the media, I don't know, maybe that's us, you know, that their franchises are undervalued. They've always been undervalued. I know that's what the commissioner yeah. of the league is going to say. Give it a rest. <laughs> Give it a yeah. rest. Listen. Reynolds is like, you can have my name and my image and my Instagram. And I want a piece of the team. That's the negotiation. Well, he's going to put in real millions, though. I mean, right? You don't no. Think, you don't think he's putting in no. $100 million? No. Really? Why would you? Well, they, like, look at everybody's kissing that's... his ass. Why would you? Yeah, as a business decision, as a financial I investment. I can't see it. I can still get it for for free or yeah. I'm providing you this uh, worldwide image and uh, attention and he's going to value all of it on his reach for my involvement. It, it's the first play. Mm-hmm. Once Sammy becomes a celebrity, he's going to do so many things for a putter. <laughs> <laughs> Not a putter. I have a driver. Oh yeah, driver. Okay, Potter. Sammy has a Scotty Cameron. Yeah, I have a Scotty Cameron that my uncle gave me when I was ten, and it's I haven't upgraded it or changed it or whatever. And I, if I lost that putter, I would quit golf. So, I am uh, new to the Scotty Cameron game. I have Mister Gillies. Oh, Potter. It's a great great club to be. They'll offer equity for him to be a part of uh, Remington, right? They're going to offer him something. That sounds yeah, the the opposite of him putting money in. Yeah, you think that they're going to go to him with money? Get ready to start watching Welcome to Ottawa. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, going to be the, yeah, the like, sequel to Wrexham. He'd be nuts not to ask for equity. He's not. It's not. It's not an appearance fee. Yeah, I want to. I want to own a chunk of the team. He'll come in as part owner. I wonder if that'll be uh, just as self serving as Welcome to Wrexham was. What an excellent show that is! You're you're the cynical evil person. Oh, how great am I? And if they're I smart, they're going to negotiate all of that in. I want two specials on Netflix, or I want yeah. this on. Uh, like, come on, let's get creative. Well, and what's You're so, working. What's He's so still great. working. You know what, though? This might be one of the best things for the league because we are dying for something behind the scenes and authentic, you know, all or nothing. All we hear about is how the Leafs had the final cut and none of the good stuff made it to camera. And we still chew it up years later. Just like, chewing on the got fat. some great material oh, off great. of it. Like, we are dying. Hockey fans are dying for something. Really? And the Senators could use that? Yes, really. Really? Yes. I thought it's kind of past now. No. This is the documentary. Everything's a docu-series. We oh are going God. to watch like, the Ottawa Senators make the, the playoffs for the first night, times next year. And um, Sean McKenzie's telling me that, that Kale McCarr goes to Costco. Like... <laughs> Oh, my do man, I, do I, I really knew he was my can. man. I like him even more. Now. <laughs> that, do I need to know that? Yeah, I'd I like, like that. to know the NHL players a little bit better. They're the least known superstars in the league, and you feel they, better because you know that guy is human, and he goes to Costco like the rest of us. No, because you know if you want to cheer, cheer for him or hate him, you know, like Patrick Reed can go kick rocks, but he should be in every tournament I watch so I can watch him shank it into the woods and choke. 
And it, the same goes for Jordan, Jordan Bennington. He's a wonderful addition to the NHL. We need him and his personality. <laughs> you need to hate him. I called him a donkey 10 minutes ago, and I and it's great. He's a, he's someone I know who he is. Well, then maybe. Who's Karel okay, Vizmelka? So, so, hey, uh, call up Brad Marchand and say uh, you haven't licked anybody lately. Come on, we need that. We do. Brad Marchand one of the most integral players to the NHL. He's got a, got a personality. He's a human. Sammy on board with that? Hating Brad Marchand again? Because everybody loves him now. Yeah, make make Brad Marchand bad again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been rehabilitated. Yeah. Right? We shall see. That's good games tonight, boys. Oh, man. That was a fast two hours. Got the Gord Stelic. And, of course, Sid Sixero making his uh, real Kipper and Bourne uh, debut today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. And we're back again tomorrow to wrap everything up on Off the Rails Friday.